deep contentment, joy, and confidence in my everyday life with God. And by the way, I just said that. I didn't read it like I have it memorized. There is no reason for you to out me on reading it when I first started. Come on. Distorted thinking patterns where people are believing the wrong things and living out of that. I can't read stuff anymore. (laughs) Oh my God. Who came up with the idea of putting small print instructions on everything? Everything. You're much more kind than I am because (laughs) when I'm mad at you, I'm like, God, why is this woman in my life? (laughs) Wow. We want to get to a place where we have that conviction, where we've moved from, what have you done for me lately, God, to, I trust you, you are real, this is real, and I will Well, hello, and welcome back to Holy Authentic Life. I'm back. Uh, (laughs) We are so glad that you're tuning in today, and I think I just need to be gone more often. What? No. (laughs) No. No, I guess what I'm saying is, um, if you didn't get a chance to listen, uh, two of our sons joined you last time on the podcast, and um, just... I loved hearing them. I I loved hearing you talking with our sons, and I loved just hearing their perspective on so many things. Mm -hmm. And so just a shout out to the the guys for handling it while I was away. You know, it was great to watch them over the course of the time as we were recording, how (laughs) a little bit of nerves at the beginning, but how they got more comfortable, confident as they were talking and really just let their relationship with God sort of shine through. Yeah, it it was awesome. And I'm okay, I'm biased. I'm their mom. And so I'm proud right? of my sons. Well, you should be <laughs> because this is something that was built over time with them. You were a great mom Aww. who made investments in, well, you are a great mom, I should say. <laughs> and you made investments in their lives all the way through. Wow. You know, it's just amazing to sit back and to see how they've grown Mm -hmm. since they were little and the days of veggie tales the days of angel wars the days of all the things that we did as a family Mm -hmm. just planting seeds of faith in their life and now seeing god growing those things wow i I just i loved it that's why i think i should be gone more often just to have (laughs) them have them come in more often right well i mean Yes, investments made, seeing God grow these things in their lives. And all of the things we did were because our faith was important to us. Yes. And let me just say, no amount of teaching them to do things or teaching them to have faith is going to matter if I don't have faith and I'm not living that out. Our kids are really good about picking up on what we do (laughs) more so than what we say. Yeah, It doesn't work the other way around. I mean, we hear it all the time. The whole phrase is worthless to say, do what I say, not what I do. Right. No, that doesn't work. It doesn't. (laughs) It's almost like, yeah, they can spot a fake 
from, you know, a mile away. They see it. And so I love, though, that all along the way, I mean, I, I look back and just different points in their growing up and, and our journey, even moving to Montana, all the things that that we did following God, they watched us do that. They did that with us. And yes. this has just been a part of their story that God's been using to shape them and to increase their trust in Him. Yeah, I remember when we were talking about moving here, how much we said we will involve them in the process, even though they were young. Yeah. I mean, Jared was, gosh, third grade when we first started talking about it. Right. And of course, Logan, a couple years younger and Brody, five years younger than that. And so <laughs> yeah, all three of them, though, got to speak their piece and, <laughs> and talk about what they were excited about, what they were not excited about. We weren't going to make this decision to move without them. Right. I remember a lot of prayer going into it. Yes. A lot of conversations, a lot of naming. What are we feeling? What are our emotions here? And it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be like, it's unknown. Right. And then just them watching God come through for us in miraculous ways. We didn't even know where we were going to live. And, you (laughs) know, all the things, I mean, (laughs) and just the ways that God just took care of us through the whole time. It's it's amazing. Yeah. And that. That's really what we're here to have a conversation about today is faith, because there was so much in the process. And it's true, not just in the situation of us moving to Montana, but really true in life, that there are so many things that you're hoping for, you're looking forward to, but they're over a hill and you can't see them. They're around a corner and you can't see them. You know they're there, but you're uncertain as to what it really looks like. And that's where faith comes in. And that's why I think the Bible tells us what faith is. Yeah. So in Hebrews 11, just says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. The reality of things we cannot see. That is what it means to try to walk forward, believing that something's around the corner and saying, you know what? I know it's there. And because of that, I keep walking. Yeah. Yeah. It's that assurance. I love that word. Yeah. There's just something about assurance that hits my mind and my my body, like my experience. I feel it somehow mm-hmm. in the depths of my being that, that yeah. it's going to happen. And, right. and this isn't just like magical thinking or wishful thinking. This is, no. this is actually trust in God. Yeah. That He is working all things for my good. Yes. And our faith is what then brought us to the tools like Veggie Tales and <laughs> right. Angel Wars and oh, all the man. things that we put in front of our kids. And obviously, these were things that were built on God's Word yeah. and helping them at a young age really love God's Word. Yes. And if a talking cucumber and tomato can make that happen, <laughs> then oh. by all means, let's do that. Because those were investments we were trying to make in our sons. Yeah. Well, and I can remember from an early age, we had that cardboard baby Bible. You yes. Remember that? And I would read that to our sons all the time. And there was a, a point in there where I can remember Jared had a memorized 
Like he could almost say it word for word as I would read it to him. He especially loved David and Goliath. Right. I so Do you remember, remember that? that. Yeah. I know. And if you paused, <laughs> he would immediately say the next line. He would know everything. And if you tried to just trip him up and say something different, he'd be like, no, that is not what it says. <laughs> I know. It was just like in him deep. And that was an early age. Yeah. And I, I love like seeing that coming out now mm-hmm. as he's becoming a young man and stepping fully into God's will for his life. And it's just incredible. This is the way. I mean, this is the yes. way that it, it wasn't just overnight. It was gradual in small steps. I can even remember we went through a time where we printed out verses. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And we would tape them around in the house. We would put them in the bathroom and all around our house where we would see them over and over. And I was having a conversation with our other son, um, Logan, recently, and he was remembering those. He could quote them word for word because he saw them day in, day out, and he has them in his mind now and in his heart. And it's just, it's so cool how those verses, those small things that we did throughout their raising, their childhood, however you want to say that, it's now bearing fruit. Right. And we did those things. And thank God that sometimes (laughs) he makes things work out, (laughs) whether we knew what we were doing or not. I was going to say, yeah. But yet he took those things. And literally, our sons have a foundation upon which they can build their life. And that would be sort of the question now that we're trying to answer as people are listening. Why was that important? Why would we encourage someone to build a wholly authentic life, build a wall? Yeah. Why would this be part of our wall? Why is faith so important? Wow. That's a huge question, and I'm going to attempt <laughs> to answer part of it. But but yeah, just seeing God and His Word as truth, mm-hmm. as I can trust Him, and that I can build my life upon Him and entrusting in Him even when I don't see it. It's like you said, it's around the corner, it's up ahead, and He is working, and I trust Him. Yeah, and we're building our faith for a reason. Yes. Because everything in life doesn't just go to plan. Things fall apart. Things happen that make us sad. From our earliest days, gosh, friends can turn on you in a heartbeat. We see it happening all the time. We experienced it when we were little. Everything like that sort of cuts away at us, cuts away at our emotional stability, our mental stability, at at our well-being. And it creates sort of this cumulative effect of sorrow and grief and hurt and pain and disappointment. Yeah, exactly. Life just builds that. Mm -hmm. And without faith, what do we do in those moments? How can we be strong in a moment when we are just overwhelmed with disappointment and fear and hurt and sometimes? anger, and all of the things that go with it. Without faith, we're left to simply struggle. And it is over the course of time, why did we try to build faith in our kids? When life does what it does, Yeah, that they have that foundation to turn to, to know that there is a God who sees them mm. in their situation. We know 
that we're not abandoned. Our faith, our belief, our confidence, our trust. That assurance. That assurance (laughs) in what we can't always see. We know it's there. Right. And we know we can lean on it. It's like in the middle of a dark room and you're trying to put your shoes on while your wife's still asleep in bed. Uh Uh-oh, this sounds very familiar. (laughs) (laughs) You put your hand out Mm. to lean on something that you know is there, even though you can't see it. Right. And it helps. (laughs) It enables you to be able to put your shoes on and keep moving forward and doing what you need to do. That's why we want to build this holy, authentic life with faith. Right. It's essential. This is a part of, of what's saved me. I think about my own experiences growing up and times when I was disappointed, hurt, let down. Things didn't work out the way I'd hoped or planned, but God has been here for me. Mm. He is here for me today and now. And I can look back and see all the ways he rescued me Mm -hmm. from all sorts of things that could have really been difficult. And even things that I did go through that were hard, he never left me. And I think that is, like you said, this is why we wanted to pass this down to our sons. Yeah. And even when the things that go wrong are my own fault. Yeah. God's still there. He is. He doesn't turn his back on me and say, well, you got yourself into this. You got to get yourself out. (laughs) No. No, his grace is bigger than that. His love is bigger than that. So thankful. (laughs) And we can trust him. Yeah. And we can have faith Mm. that he cares about us, that he loves us. And that's how in the midst of the worst situations, Mm. we can have joy. Right. We can smile when we're sad. I think of moments where we've been grieving Mm. over the loss of someone close to us in our life. And all of a sudden, we start remembering what life was like and all the shared experiences we had with the person who is no longer with us. And we start laughing Mm. because we remember jokes (laughs) that happened or were told. We remember funny experiences. Mm. And that laughter stirs up joy Mm. in the worst moment of grief. Right. And that's what faith does for us. Mm-hmm. Yep, it does. And we know even in the hurts and the losses and the griefs, because Jesus rose from the dead, we also can have confidence mm-hmm. that we too will be with him. And he's going to make everything new. And and we can rest in that. We can. And, and that also gives us just confident peace and joy. And that assurance, I keep bringing that word up, but I I love it. Yeah. And one of the aspects, you know, every podcast, we start out our little intro has that quote from Dallas Willard (laughs) that you quoted and I had to read. Here we go. But one part of that is the word contentment, that we would have that Mm. deep contentment in our life. Faith produces that too. Yeah. Because- Where discontent comes, it's not just always this materialistic thing. Discontentment comes in the uncertainty. Yeah. And when we have faith, it's confidence that it's coming, that it's around the corner. And we can be content in that, knowing that I may not have it today, but I know that I will. Faith just calms us down. Yeah. That everything's not just 
on me. Like up to us as to whether or not everything is working out. Right. right. I'm yeah. not the answer to all my problems. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus, that that's the case. <laughs> right. I, I mean, know. that's not saying I don't have a part to play in it. Right. We do. We do. But our faith is what fuels us right. in that. It's what calms us down. <laughs> I know. It's funny. Sometimes when I'm all upset, you'll be like, calm down. And that's oh, like that's the, the last one. thing I want to hear. I have learned. <laughs> Husbands everywhere learn this. Yes. Do not tell your wife to calm down. Right? She hates it. We do. Right? I think I can confidently speak for every woman listening, right? <laughs> it's like there's just something in me that goes when you say that. I know. It's annoying. <laughs> it's totally annoying. Because I'm trying to be helpful. <laughs> not helpful apparently not no i know and that's funny because now i know when you're telling me to calm down i just have to say okay that's not exactly what he meant he's trying to be helpful and so i lean more into that oh it's exactly what i mean <laughs> because you're leading with whatever emotion is oh, out there oh you know it is so and true you're, you're not leading <laughs> With faith, I would say that. Your faith is there. Oh, yeah. And it, it's always there. But it that, is. all of us, men and women, yeah. can get caught up in that, yeah. where we're leading with our emotion instead of our faith, and therefore we get worked up. I'm just the same. I mean, something will happen, and I will react out of anger because something sets me off. And it's like, no, I don't need to lead with that emotion. I need to calm down. <laughs> Yay. That's cool. That's called self-awareness. And that is a mark of maturity. Hey, <laughs> like I said, sometimes I fall in the right direction, whether I was pushed there oh, or gosh. whatever. But, you I know, I'm just it. thankful yeah. that faith does that for us, though. Yes. It is the foundation. If there's nothing that we can turn to when we're talking about contentment and we're talking about self-awareness, it's almost like faith is calling us back. Yeah to where we need to be wow! because it is so much more stable than the emotions of a moment because it is confident assurance that, hey, he's got us. He does. I love this picture as you're saying this of an anchor that just steadies me. That mm -hmm. is steadfast and kind of immovable. It's it's something that I can hold tightly to when all the waters and the storm and all the things are raging against me or around me. That I can just like grab that anchor. It just gives me. I like it. I'm kind of a concrete thinker. Mm -hmm. I like that picture of that anchor. That hope is our anchor. It's our confident assurance and our trust and our faith in our God. And I love that. I got a verse for that. Hey, let's go. In Hebrews chapter 6, he says it this way, So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. I love how that verse, it just, it sums up everything we've just said, yeah. and but it's, it's very clear and it gives us that picture of what our faith looks like. Yeah, it is the anchor that yeah. we need in difficult times and moments. Again, we are all about vibrance, sustainability, and without an anchor, your life can't be vibrant. It just won't be because you will be bounced 
that's not a sustainable life. And that's why our faith is such an important anchor, that constant drawing us back to where the real strength lies. Yeah, I mean, that is our strength. That is our support. That is the steadfast, unmovable love of God. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that's why a lot of Christians have an anchor, whether they have one on their ring or jewelry, necklace, something. Tattoos. Yeah. (laughs) They, you know, they use that symbol as this hope. And knowing confidently Mm -hmm. that our lives are part of a bigger story. That's such a huge anchor for us. Mm, I love that. Faith ties us to that fact and that he is including us in it on purpose and in such a way that it gives our life purpose and meaning and value. He's going to keep moving his story the direction it needs to go. I can believe in that. Even when it looks like, wow, did my part of the story just take a weird turn? (laughs) Did it go south (laughs) all of the sudden? Did something weird just happen? Yeah. And yet to know that whatever twists and turns are happening for me personally, the good days, the bad days, the ugly days, the horrible days, Mm. it's never going to fall out of his story. My life is always going to be continually moving in the direction that he needs it to go for his glory, for other people to be drawn into relationship with him. That is such a beautiful thing. Yeah. And it takes the pressure off. Like as you're talking about that, it just Mm -hmm. helps me to take a deep breath and go, thank you, God, I can't screw this up. You know, I mean, (laughs) I mean, I I guess I can, but I mean, ultimately, you're going to take care of me and I can relax and say, "Ah, take a breath. (laughs) To know that we're a part of his greater story yes to see that our life is about more than just ourselves Mm. so important the difficulties i go through a strengthen me Mm -hmm. but also strengthen those around me as i lean into my faith it makes a difference i think purpose is more valuable than happiness Right, because happiness is so fleeting, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's sort of superficial, but purpose, it's almost like we can weather a lot of storms when we know that something bigger is going on. Yes. When when there's a greater good being accomplished. And that inspires me to keep going and to keep growing in my own walk with God and my faith and trust in Him. And so that developing this faith object is a big part of that. Yeah. And so let's do that. Let's talk about exactly how do we increase our faith? Right. How do we have it? How do we increase it? And how can we help other people see that there's a path here that will help us out? Well, and what's cool is there are a lot of ways that we can increase our faith. And one is to actually know who is the object of our faith. Neil T. Anderson, Freedom in Christ Ministries, one of the things he talks about when people have a crisis of belief or they're struggling in their faith is that you don't have a faith problem. You have a problem in knowing the object of your faith and knowing more of who he is, that the more you know God, the easier it is for you to trust in him. Yeah. And let's give a really simple example to that. Okay. Say, for instance, I was going to go out to the shop and build a chair. Oh, wow. Cool. Let's go. So I go out there <laughs> and I put this thing together. Now, how well you know me uh, okay. determines whether or not you're going to sit in my chair. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't know me, you're thinking, can he build a chair? 
Is this Does he know what me? he's doing? Is yeah. this going to hold me up? <laughs> what kind of wood did he use? All of these questions come to your mind. If you don't know me, you don't know my process. You I'm, haven't, not gonna, I'm not going to sit in that no, chair. No, <laughs> you're not going to sit in that chair. Yeah. And maybe that's a wise decision. <laughs> To not sit in that chair if you don't know me. But I do know you. And I know that you're very meticulous in your builds. And you know that my dad works a lot with wood. And I've seen him and been a part of him building things. Yes. You've seen other things that I've built. Beautiful things. And so, therefore, your confidence to be able to sit in that chair. I would sit in it. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. Your confidence is greater because you have faith. You have yet to sit in it. Right. So you sit in it by faith Mm -hmm. because your confidence is there. I trust you. You trust me. You know me. I know you. You know Mm -hmm. I care about you. I would never want anything bad to happen to you. Yeah. All of that influences your ability to make a decision to have faith and sit in that chair. This is true in our relationship with God. If we don't know him, right, then how can we turn to him when things go off the rails? Right. And and this is important. And so how do we do that? Well, part of it is we read God's word. We read the Bible. Mm-hmm. We get to know who he is and what he promises and all of the ways that he's interacted with people over the course of history, and we can trust that he is reliable Mm -hmm. and that what he promises is true. And Mm -hmm. it's not based on our feelings. It's based on who he is and Mm -hmm. that his character, his nature, everything about him is trustworthy. Mm -hmm. This is so much more than just the highlight reel version of the Bible that is often presented on social media or wherever, where everybody's favorite verse is thrown out there. This is knowing more. It's getting into all of God's Word. And we can have confidence in the Bible because it tells all. It doesn't just bring out all of the best stories of what happened in history. It's like every story. Yeah. So much of the story of God interacting with people, it's not pretty. It's messy. It's messy. And (laughs) sometimes people get it right. Yeah. And that's amazing. Mm. Sometimes people get it wrong. It's heartbreaking. The people that were seemingly closest to God, we take Moses or Abraham or David. These are guys that were known as a man after God's own heart or a friend of God. Okay. These are pretty legit guys. Mm. And yet there were so many moments where their faith was weak. Mm, yeah. Why would we write about that? I mean, if you were putting together a book to promote a faith, yeah, religion, or something. why would you write stories in which two of the three killed dudes, like murdered them, you know? And it's like, what? But right. Moses saw one of the Hebrew people being abused and he killed the Egyptian. David, out of desire to have Bathsheba as his wife, he had Uriah killed in battle. Yeah. Set up. It was all It's a trap. Premeditated <laughs> by him. Yeah. And yet these stories are there to show God's interaction with people. Yeah. And we can have confidence in the truth of scripture. Because it doesn't cover over the bad stuff. All polished and neat. Right. No, that's not it. But knowing it from start to finish and really spending time in it. No, you're not going to read it all in a day. 
No. It's a daily time in it. There's so much in God's word that will give us confidence, confidence. That's what I was in thinking. who he is. Yes. Everybody seems to have an opinion about who God is, but the truth is contained in the stories of the people who experienced him. Wow. Yeah. That's like if people wanted to get to know me, mm-hmm. and if they're asking a bunch of people who don't know me, well, what good is that? They could talk to you. They could. They could talk to my kids. Yeah. And guess what? You guys can tell all the good, the bad, and the <laughs> ugly stories of how things have gone right and how things have gone super poorly. <laughs> but they would get a bigger, yep. more accurate picture of who I am yeah. by talking to people who know me. That's it. That's, That's so good. That's God's word, people. <laughs> These are people who knew him. Yeah. This is his interaction with a people that he called through Abraham. Wow. To be his people. And they got it wrong a lot. Right. And yet God continued to care for them and move the events of history in the way that he needed it to go so that he could show his love and care for us. We can get to know him, Mm. our faith in him, our assurance of who he is and how he works and how he does things can increase the more we get to know him. And a good starting place would be where? Where would you recommend somebody, if they're not really familiar with the Bible, where would be the best place to start? Well, I mean, I have a tendency to point people to the book of John, because in the book of John, he says, I'm writing all this so that you can know God and have confidence in him. So it's like, that was sort of the point of him writing that. Yes. And it tells the story of Jesus from start to finish in a way that John understood God's love. So it's such an incredible place to start if someone hasn't spent time in God's word. But again, the whole thing. <laughs> and and yeah. so start today and don't stop. I mean, it's yeah. it's that. whatever. Just make that investment of getting in God's word so that you really begin to know who he is. And don't just do it once and think, oh, I read that book. It's no. not doesn't work that way. <laughs> right. The more you read it, it so just good. continues to build your love and your trust and your confidence in him. As we do this, yes. It starts by building our knowledge of our faith object. But it doesn't stop there. In other words, if you really want to increase your faith, I'm not just saying, okay, here's how you build your faith. Go read the Bible. <laughs> That's not going to work. I mean, it's a good place to begin. It, it's where we have to begin. Yeah. Increasing our knowledge of our faith object. But then we got to put it into practice. Okay. So point number two, yeah. if we're counting points. Yeah. Try it. Yeah. Okay. What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, <laughs> start by believing something that it says. Yeah. Something that God says and then live accordingly. So, okay. for instance, forgive people who hurt you. Oh, You had to go there with the first one. Why couldn't we do something simpler? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, all throughout the Bible, it's a book about love and it's about forgiveness. And forgiveness is a huge thing. Mm. Love your enemies. Mm. This is a tough one. Pray for those who curse you. Wow. These are things that the Bible says. Be generous. Okay. Do something kind to show love to people around you. These are things that the Bible teaches us to do. So to increase our faith, we increase our knowledge of God, but then we begin to take what it teaches and put it into practice. So it's that don't just do what I say, do what I do, right? 
principle yes. where it's like, okay, I'm going to read this, Jesus, and you're asking me to do these things. And so now I'm going to do them. I'm going to start operating in yeah. these types of behaviors. Yeah. And I just say, try it. Yeah. I mean, what does it hurt to try mm -hmm. forgiving people? Right. What does it hurt to try being generous? What does it hurt to try being kind? No, I mean, it's good. All those things you're saying are very good. They're not easy, but they're really good. Right. And I just have this firm confidence that if you are listening to this and you start trying it out, yeah, you're immediately going to see, hey, this is cool. This works. This works. <laughs> this is... I love that. This is actually more than I thought it would be. I thought I would just do this. But all of a sudden, something's getting stirred up inside of me. Yeah. Because I was generous. I was kind. That, I was forgiving. And that changes everything. It, it changes the way I look at people. It changes yeah. so much. So I can confidently say you try it and you'll begin to experience an increase in your faith in who God is and what he's all about. Wow. So you try it. I love it. And as you're trying it, as you're getting to know God, mm -hmm. write stuff down. Keep a record. Like a journal. Okay, we've told talked to people <laughs> lots of times about a journal. And yes, in your journal, in your way of keeping a record. In your notes app or whatever. Yes. Okay. Here's what I learned about God. Wow. And here's what I tried. And here's the result. Man, this is cool. This N is practical. Now you've got something to come back to and look at yeah. when all of a sudden life took a weird, crappy turn. And you're like, I was really kind to someone and that made me feel better. Yeah. That made me experience something deep inside like this joy that I can't explain. I wonder if I tried that again, would that have the same effect? So we go back to our journal, we read, we saw what we did and we're like, okay, I can try that again. Yeah. And then it becomes this ongoing life habit. Yeah. Routine kind of. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's good. So it's a challenge. I'm hearing a challenge here. Try it. Right. Try it. Uh-huh. And try it again. And write about it. And write about it along yeah. the way and see how God is worthy of your faith. Wow. It doesn't mean that the world stops being a kind of cruddy place to live sometimes. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you won't experience grief. It's just that you won't experience it alone. There you go. And that's the biggest difference is that you don't feel so isolated and lonely mm -hmm. because you're not, because God is with you in mm -hmm. the midst of it all. Right. And I would yeah, say this. I love it. You've been trying going through things on your own, Ugh. trying to be your own answer to your problems. And it hasn't been working out. No, it sucks. And you feel cruddier and cruddier. Yes. And you feel the weight of life just piling up on you. It's not working. So why not try something different? No, I love it. I love it. So I guess we're talking about learning more of God. They're spending time in his word, maybe with him in prayer. I know this is about faith. And so this is kind of that. And then trying it, recording it somehow and repeat, like keep yeah, on. Keep it on repeat. <laughs> yeah. Keep your playlist <laughs> on repeat. Right. Yeah. I like and that. then don't look back. Guys, life is going to still be life. Right. There will be good days. There will be bad days. There will be horrible days. Mm. There will be experiences that you go through in the midst of relationships with other people that are messy. Yeah. But don't let those things mm. get in the way of you still believing what's over the hill. 
what's around the corner. That's where faith comes in. So don't turn back. Don't go back to doing things on your own. Mm -hmm. Keep moving forward. Keep trying it. Keep finding that peace and that joy in the midst of whatever your circumstances are. Yeah, I keep thinking about the Apostle Paul talking about one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and pressing on to receive the goal in Christ Jesus. That's what we want. We want to fix our eyes on Jesus. We want to fix our eyes on Him Mm -hmm. and where where that finish line is, right? Mm -hmm. Which is in front of us. And so this is a great, I guess, helpful thing to remember. As we fix our eyes on Jesus, Mm. remember there was a time where He was right in front of the people and they could see Him. Yeah, true. And, And now... We live in this moment in time where we have heard their stories. Mm-hmm. They have shared their testimony. They have been witnesses to his life, his death, his resurrection. They've seen him with their own eyes. They've, They've seen touched him with their, him own eyes. with their hands. All exactly. of it. Right. Exactly. For us, we see the ways that he works in our life. But as far as sometimes when you say fix your eyes on Jesus, it's sometimes hard to remember that. Right now, it feels like he's over a hill. Yeah. It feels like he's around a corner. Yeah. His eyes are on us, which is cool. That means he can see through mountains. Yeah. He he can see around corners. (laughs) Yes. His eye is on us. Right. And we can confidently know as we're looking at the mountain in front of us that he's on the other side. Yeah. That's faith. Wow. That's confident assurance. And then, like we said earlier, let's just embrace this larger story that we're a part of. Wow. The more we make things about ourselves, the less we are going to be content and happy. It's just too small a story. It is. Yeah. And sometimes our narrative gets off base. Like we don't, we the story we're writing in our heads isn't good. <laughs> and right? so embracing this larger story gives me this perspective where I, I kind of step back. I wish you could see my hands because I'm like coming back. Yeah. Like excellent I'm, gestures. I, I know. It's on like an audible podcast. I know. It's it's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like pulling back with both hands, like almost like I'm taking a, a snapshot or I'm focusing my lens in a bigger way. When it becomes about me. Uh, There's so many things that enter in that just destroy my ability to be happy, that take away from my ability to be content. Yeah. I have this tendency Mm -hmm. to see what I don't have and to want what I don't have or uh, to see things done to me in the light of, well, that was a horrible person. And I just get all (laughs) petty. petty. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's really good. Yeah. You know, that's exactly right. Yeah. When that's my view, mm-hmm. when that's my story, it's not even worth reading. <laughs> right? Well, it's not usually w- what we're drawn to as far as epic stories. I mean, I, I think of all of our favorites and usually, yeah, there is the small story, but they're a part of this bigger thing mm-hmm. that's going on. And some of the times when you're watching different stories or movies, you, you're like, if you could only see the bigger picture, it would change everything for you. Right. Our least favorite characters are those who are the most self-centered, self-absorbed, arrogant people who can't see past themselves. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's me. Oh, wow. And so I need to embrace the larger story (laughs) and be a part of the larger story. (laughs) Yeah. And put my focus, Mm -hmm. my eyes on what God is up to Wow. and how I can be a part of it. And then that self-centeredness just melts away as my faith increases because my faith object is not me. Yeah. Oh, yay. What my, a rescue. <laughs> my faith object 
is the God who loves me. Yes. And there's peace in that. Mm -hmm. There's comfort in that. There is knowing that there's something better around the corner. Because if my faith is in me, there's nothing better around the corner. (laughs) It's just me. I'm around the corner. And I screwed this thing up. Oh, gosh. So when my faith is in God. Yeah. It changes everything. It's so beautiful. I love how you're not afraid to just name it and just go like, yep, this is it. Uh, (laughs) This is me. And this is where we do find encouragement is when we say, God, increase my faith. I Mm -hmm. want to have faith greater than a mustard seed or larger than a mustard seed, right? Right. And so that's our hope for you. If you're listening to this, that this has been an encouragement for you, that you are able to identify parts of our story that connects with your story and that you would walk away encouraged and inspired to get into God's word and to develop that confident assurance as the anchor in your soul, right? So that no matter what you face, no matter what storms, that you can know that you're not alone. God is with you. He is for you and good things are around the corner. Yes. And this is how we build a holy, authentic life. Not covering up all the stuff that comes from our lives. <laughs> right. But allowing our confidence in God to transform the way we live. And it makes our life more vibrant in Christ. So good. 